Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a place, a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know the, the way by which you must go. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Praise God. Do you know the Lord is still doing wonders? He is still doing wonders. Amen. I'm talking about wonderful works that you just step back and say, Lord, this is too good to be true. And you almost have to pinch yourself because you see the hand of the Lord working in so many wonderful ways. Praise God. Now, let's just look at this text and kind of set the scene here because it's important to see what's, what's happening. Moses is gone. Uh, Abraham is gone. It's been 440 some years since the children of Israel, since the promise came to Abraham concerning the promised land. This wonderful uh, land flowing with milk and honey was promised to Abraham all those many, many years ago. And now they are sitting there at the border uh, just getting ready to cross over into the promised land. Now you remember that 40 years before, the previous generation had come to that same border, but because of their fear and their unbelief, they turned around and went back into the wilderness and spent 40 years wandering around in the wilderness. Before that 40 years was 400 years of uh, uh, slavery in, uh, in Egypt. And so there was a long, long period of time before the promise was finally fulfilled. So now they're sitting on the, the edge, getting ready to go into the promised land, and it says that they lodged there three days. They waited there for three days. I, I don't know. I can only imagine what is going on in that three-day period. Maybe they're praying. Maybe they're making preparation to go in, expecting there to be battles or whatever. I don't know what all was going on, but there likely was a reflecting on the fact that God had promised them this promised land, this wonderful land flowing with milk and honey, all those many generations before, and now they're getting ready to experience it. I think there's, there's, there's a lot of things in this text that uh, remind us that God is a God who keeps his word. He is a God who keeps his promises. So they, they may be, even those that, in that three-day three period, may be in a little bit of time of just reflecting on 
the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God and that God is keeping his word. God is a God who keeps his word. As a matter of fact, whenever he gave this promise of this wonderful promised land uh, to, to Abraham, uh, Abraham, God is referred to there, Abraham refers to him as Yahweh, and Yahweh in the Hebrew means covenant-keeping God, promise-keeping God. That's who Yahweh is. Abraham received that promise all those many generations before, and he knew that God was good for his word. He was going to perform what he had promised he would, he would do. So just as a reminder to us this morning that I, I don't know what promises um, that you've been holding on to, and maybe you're thinking, I don't really have any promises, but in reality, you have a whole book full of them, uh, a book full of promises, and God is a God who keeps his word. He will perform what he has said he will do. He's not God is not a man that he should lie. God is a, is a God who is Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God, who if he speaks it, if he promises it, he will fulfill it. Amen. Later, a little bit later on in Joshua 21 and verse 45, Joshua says, There failed not, there failed not out of any good thing which the Lord hath spoken unto the house of Israel, all came to pass. Everything that God had promised was coming uh, to pass, and God was fulfilling His His word. Second uh, Corinthians one and twenty: For all the promises of God are yea, they are yes, they are yea and amen unto the glory of God by us. God is a covenant keeping God, and if you've been waiting a while for God to to answer your prayer or to fulfill. Uh, his promise in your life. I want you to know that God is faithful and in his own good time, he will come through for you. He's a God who will keep his word. Second Peter 1 and 4, wherefore are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. He is a promise-keeping God. He'll come through for you. He'll meet your need. He'll, he'll perform that which he has promised you. It may have been you know, a month ago, a year ago, or years ago, it doesn't make any difference when that promise became your personal promise. Hold on to that today with the confidence that God is going to keep his word. First Kings chapter 8, there hath not failed one word of all of his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. Praise God. God will fulfill his promises it may not be in your good time or in your expectation, uh, but um, his word is full of promises. And uh, as the little children's song says, every promise in the book is mine. Amen. It's yours. We believe God. So they may have been reflecting on the promises of God as they stood there on the brink of entering into the promised land. Now, the promise crossing over Jordan and entering into the promised land is a wonderful type of our entering into spiritual victory. Uh, crossing over Chile, Jordan is not a type of death. It is a type of entering in to the blessing of the Lord. 
entering into the fullness of the blessing of the Lord, the, the, the wonderful promises that God has for uh, the people of God. But here they are uh, at, at the time and the season when the Jordan River is swelling. It is, it is out of its banks. Only during the, the, uh, the harvest season uh, did uh, all of the snow melt in, uh, in the north in Lebanon and all of those areas. And when that happened, then the Jordan River, some 200 miles long that would, that would pour. Normally, the Jordan River was narrow enough that it would be easy to get across it. And uh, uh, in some places, you could even jump across the Jordan River. But not during this season, not during the, this uh, uh, harvest season, it's out of its banks. It's a rushing, mighty river. It's very wide during this, this season. And God has brought them uh, to this time to enter into the promised land at a time when they can't do it of their own ability. There's going to have to be some super, something supernatural, some blessing of the Lord to help them to get across the Jordan, the Jordan River. And at it, it, uh, Jeremiah, there's actually a proverb that Jeremiah mentions uh, to describe circumstances that are overwhelming circumstances. Uh, Jeremiah 12 and 5. Then how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? How will you do when the river is out of its bank, when it's wide, when it's rushing, when it's dangerous? How are you going to be able to get across? The only way is God is going to have to make a way. If you're going to enter into the blessing of the Lord, to the promises of God, and all the victory that God has for you, you're not going to be able to accomplish it in your own strength. God is going to have to make a way for you. He is the one. In any other season... They could have crossed that river without any help uh, on their own. But now they're crossing that river at the season when it's at its widest, when it's rushing, when it's deep, when it's dangerous. And, and the only way to get across is for God to make a way. Amen. It's a reminder to us um, that if we're going to enter into all the blessing and the benefit to the promises of God... This uh, land that's flowing with milk and honey where there's, there's uh, bounty and blessing and the, the wonderful blessing and favor of God. The only way to enter into that is, the, is for God to make a way into the promised land. Praise God. And they're camped out on the edge of that Jordan River getting ready to enter into the promised land. They're looking at the waters rushing and, and wondering about how are we going to get across how are we going to make our way across uh, this river? And then uh, Joshua commands them, verse 3. When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest and the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from the place, from your place, and go after it. Praise God. Amen. Now the ark was a type of Jesus or a type of the presence of the Lord. And so the instruction to them was, if you're going to get, get across this Jordan, if you're going to enter in to all that God has for you, all the blessing that God has for you, if you're going to enter into that, then you're going to have to keep your eyes on the ark. 
And if the ark is standing still, you stand still. If the ark is moving, then you move. Amen. Keep your eyes upon the Lord. Amen. The ark was a symbol of the presence of God. It was a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Inside of that ark was Aaron's rod that had budded, which was a, a symbol of the, the power of God. And also inside of that ark uh, was uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the pot of manna that uh, was uh, a part of the manna that was placed inside of that ark which spoke of the provision of God, how that God provided for the children of Israel all the time that they went through uh, the wilderness. God provided bread out of heaven for them. And all of the items inside of the ark was symbolic of the power of God, the presence of God, the provision of God, all of these things, keeping our eyes upon the Lord because he's the one that wants to help you to enter into real victory, to enter into the blessing and the promise of God uh, in your, your life. I like the phrase there that says, when you see it, go after it, go after it. Praise God. And I, I do believe that that's what the Lord wants us uh, to do when, when, whenever God is moving, he wants us to move. When God is speaking, he wants us to make, make a move, to step out in faith. The phrase there is go after it, go after it. When God is moving, it's time for us to move. Yes. Amen. Like uh, we spoke Wednesday night about that blind man, Bartimaeus, when everyone else around him was saying to him, be quiet, you're not important. Uh, the Bible says that Bartimaeus cried out the more. Why? Because he knew this was his chance. Jesus was passing by. And so when God is moving, then we're to go for it. We're to move forward. We're to move into the things of God. Make a move toward uh, the things of God whenever God is moving. That woman that had an issue of blood... Uh, she, was, um, uh, she was weak. She was ceremonially uh, unclean. And there were great crowds of people around her to hinder her from getting to Jesus. But when she heard that Jesus was passing this way, she said, I've got to get to him. I've got to touch the hem of his garment. I know if I get to him, I can be healed. And so she made her way through the crowd. So when God is moving... It's time for you to move. Amen. Praise God. Many, many times in our services, the Spirit of God is at work and moving. Some are moving into it. Some are entering in. Some are opening their hearts to it. Quite frankly, though, I can kind of look around and take a little survey, and some aren't, some aren't paying much attention to the move of God. Some are just sitting there without any obvious... Uh, uh, effect upon their life. When God is moving, that's the time to step forward. That's the time to, to move in. If you're in need and, and uh, you want God to help you and you need to enter into a, to a, a greater uh, victory in Jesus, then when God is moving, move. Go for it. That's what the scripture says. Go for it. Go after it. Amen. You have to pursue it. Pursue the presence of God. And the things of God. Amen. So keep your eyes upon the ark. 
Keep your eye. That's how you're going to get across that swelling Jordan. You're going to keep your eyes on Jesus. And you're going to have to pursue him. Get after him. Pursue him with all of your heart. Amen. And then in the text, he said, make sure that you keep a certain distance between you and the ark. What he was really saying is, in all your enthusiasm and excitement about getting to the promised land, don't, don't get ahead of it. Don't outrun it. Uh, but stay in the proper distance from it so that you can keep your eye on that ark and follow that ark into the promised land. Amen. So don't get so excited and so enthused that you outrun what God is trying to do. Keep your eyes upon the Lord. Amen. He's the one that's going to lead you into the promised land. Amen. He said, why why do I need to keep my eyes upon this ark? The last part of verse 4, he said, that you may know the way by which you may go. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. You've not gone this way before. You've not in of that crowd. There, there's only Joshua and Caleb that had ever entered into the promised land before. Nobody else. None of them had entered into the promised land. This is new territory for all of them. And he said, you're going to have to keep your eyes upon the ark. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. If you're going to be able to make this passage across the Jordan and enter in uh, to the promised land. Amen. You've not come this way before. Do you understand that? That if you're wanting to enter into the blessing and the favor of God and the victory that God has for you, that you're going to experience some new things. You're going to go a way that you've never gone before. Amen. I'm, I'm so thankful that we serve a God, the God of the new and the God of the fresh. Amen. Amen. I, I'm all for, I'm, I'm like, I like, I mean, I'm old fashioned and I like things done the old fashioned way. And I'm not, I'm not belittling that at all. But I also understand that whenever you serve God, if you're going to enter into the blessing of the Lord in your life, you're going to have to recognize that God's going to do some new, fresh things in you. He's going to speak some things into your life that you've never heard before. You're going to recognize the voice of the Lord is going to lead you into some things that you've never, ever done before. Amen. That you may know by which way you may go. For you've not passed this way before. Amen. We serve a God of the new, new blessings, new opportunities, new ministries. God can put in your heart, if you'll keep your eyes upon the Lord, He'll begin to direct your steps and show you the way to go because without Him, you're not going to know what to do or what, to, what direction to take. But follow in the way that He is providing for you. God works in new and fresh ways in our lives if we'll keep our eyes upon the Lord. Amen. Behold, I will do a new thing, says in Isaiah 43 and 19. I'll do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? Amen. I'd like to see some new fresh things. God is working and moving among us right here. New ministries that just come from the heart of God. As he begins to deal with your heart and speak to us about new ways to reach people. And new things that we can do uh, to be more effective in the kingdom of God. Amen. God is a God of endless uh, abilities and power 
and can speak into our lives new and fresh and wonderful ways that he can work in us and through us. We need to believe him uh, to do just that. Praise God. Then Joshua said unto the people, verse number five, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Amen. Sanctify yourself. The word just means consecrate. It means preparation. Preparation. They were getting ready to go into a land they had never gone into before. And so the Lord is speaking to them and telling them, you need to prepare for this. You need to consecrate yourself. That meant all of those that were men of war, that they not only need to do all of the ceremonial cleansing, but they also needed to shine up their armor and sharpen their swords and, and their weaponry and get ready for whatever battle that might be ahead. That was what he was talking about when he was telling them, consecrate yourself, sanctify yourself. Amen. The word there is the, 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 word is the Hebrew word called dash, which means to cleanse or consecrate or to prepare uh, yourself. So before you can expect power and victory and God's blessing upon your life, there has to be a preparation, a consecration, a sanctifying work of the Spirit of God in your life so that you can enter into all that God wants to perform in your life. Amen. 2 Corinthians 7 and 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. Notice that he's, he is telling those before they enter into the promised land, sanctify yourself. You do it. You do the work of sanctification. You cleanse yourself. You purge yourself. You prepare yourself. You consecrate yourself to enter in to the blessing of the Lord. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Certainly, I understand that there is a work of sanctification that is by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God. I understand that, but there's also our responsibility. What God's called us to do is to make preparation, to make yourself available to the Lord. If you're going to enter into all the wonderful blessing that God has for you and the victory that He has for you, then He's calling us to prepare ourselves, sanctify ourselves. Cleanse ourselves so we can enter in to the blessing and the promise of the Lord. Sanctify yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Praise God. Amen. What a wonderful word that is. Uh, God will do wonders. Uh, the word literally means uh, to, to distinguish yourself from everyone else, from the others. That God will just do such mighty things in you that everyone will know the hand of the Lord is on that, that person. God is working in that person's life. He'll distinguish you. He'll, he'll set you apart and uh, begin a work uh, in you, a great work, a wonderful work, a miraculous work. It really means God will separate you, distinguish you with wonderful, mighty works in your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Sanctify yourself. Then the Lord will do wonders in your life. Certainly we 
we believe God for supernatural wonders, amazing things that have no, that defy explanation. Amen. Things that are great, things that are difficult, things that are wonderful, things that are amazing, uh, that you stand back in awe when you see that God is at work and doing such amazing things and, and you're, just, um, you're, you're just in awe of it all. Praise God. Amen. Isn't it wonderful that God can do that? The promised land was a wonderful land of God's provision and blessing for the children of Israel. Spiritually speaking, as a type for us today, all these things were written as an example for us. All of them were written so that we would see the example for our own spiritual lives. And so entering into the promised land is entering into a whole new level of victory. A whole new level of God's blessing. A whole new level of God's mighty power at work in your life. Sanctify yourself and then God will do wonders in your life. You want to see miracles. You want to see God move supernaturally in your life and in your needs. Then I encourage you, consecrate yourself Prepare yourself, make yourself usable in the hands of the Lord. Then he'll make a way. When those priests stood up and picked up the ark, and they start walking across that Jordan River that at that time of the year is rushing and roaring and out of its banks. And, but God is making a way. You keep your eyes on Jesus. He'll make a way. He'll bring you through it. He'll bring you to the other side. He'll lead you into the promised land. And, and then God will work in your life as you consecrate and prepare yourself. You'll see many wonders. Many wonders. Amen. Praise God. I love to see a lot of mighty miracles take place around here. Amen. Amen. A lot of people that are going through trying situations and you need answers, you need something that's beyond your natural physical ability to resolve it, but God can do it. God can do it. He can work mightily in your behalf. He'll do wonders. He'll do amazing things in your life if you will just keep your eyes fixed upon the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. And I know, Lord, that there are many wonderful ways that you want to lead your people into great victories, greater than we could ever imagine, the things that you would want to do. God, we desire to see you do many great and wonderful things. Do wonders among us, Lord, supernatural things, miracles, and, and great manifestations of your power, Lord. We desire to see it, and we know, God, that you can move in our lives in this way. And Lord, we just trust, God, that you would speak to the hearts of people today and give us each one a desire, Lord, to enter in to all that you have for us today. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Why don't we stand, everybody, across this building today? Do you need God to move for you in some supernatural way? Do you really need a miracle? Do you need to see God show himself strong with mighty wonders, signs? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Praise the name of the Lord. We're going to pray.